Welcome to Practice Life, the podcast devoted to the important non-clinical issues affecting the daily practice of equine veterinary medicine. Practice Life is brought to you by the American Association of Equine Practitioners. And I'm Mike Pannell, a practice owner and veterinarian, and a longtime EAP member and your host. Beringer Ingelheim knows that every veterinary professional in practice has a wide variety of needs. That's why our Equine Veterinary Technical Solutions team, our VETS team, is here to provide education, product, and veterinary expertise, exceptional customer care, and regulatory stewardships. Our mission is to lead our veterinary community in technical knowledge and build a long-lasting relationship with our customers. To get in contact with one of our team members, please call us at 888-637-4251. Hello, I am Jessica Dunbar, and I am honored to be part of this episode of AAEP Practice Life. Today, we'll be chatting with several equine veterinarians who are also mothers, and we're going to hear how they navigate through this, we'll call it an adventure of parenthood, while also being part of a very busy profession. Dr. Pownall has, Mike has covered this topic in past years in a couple different ways. But it's such a tough thing that a lot of us navigate through. It seems like a good idea to revisit it. So I would like to thank Beringer Ingelheim for their support in bringing you this podcast. I met these four women that we have with us today on our AAEP Member Talk Facebook group. And I posted last week just inquiring about how we all survive this dual role of being a mom and a veterinarian. These four women had great comments, and I felt encouraged after reading them, so I invited them to join me for for this discussion. And the stars have aligned because a couple of them are on call this evening and and having some help covering or or hoping the pager doesn't go off. So we're going to speak about, is balance something that's possible for equine veterinarian moms? Let's uh, introduce you to our guests today. First, we have Dr. Bonnie Kibbe. Bonnie, please tell us about your practice and perhaps a little bit about your family as well. Sure. I'm located in southeastern Pennsylvania. I'm a single doctor practice. I do probably 60% chiropractic and acupuncture, and the rest of my practice is sports medicine and a little bit of primary care as well. I've been pretty selective in who I will take on as a client for primary care because I don't like emergencies and I don't want to spend all of my time seeing emergencies. So I only see emergencies for established primary care clients. And I'm pretty picky about who I'll take on as that type of client. I've been married to my wonderful husband for 13 years. He's also a horse professional. He's a course designer for three-day eventing. He's an advanceable rider. So he's in the thick of it in terms of getting the horse world and the horse job, which I think helps sometimes. He gets that it's not a job that you sort of clock in and clock out. And then I have two semi-feral boys. They are six and almost four. We live on a little farm. We have horses and chickens and dogs and all sorts of exciting things running around. And it's never a dull moment. Apart from my vet job, I run a horse trials in our area. So I kind of juggle a lot of hats. (laughs) And was that this weekend? Uh, One of the 10 events that we run was this weekend. Okay, so you're busy. Uh, do you event as well? Uh, I did in a before kids. 
I was never the bravest to venture. Uh, and I got less brave after I had kids. So I, I, I dabble, but mostly um, we have an upper level horse that uh, professional rides for us. I've enjoyed being an owner and getting to watch and sort of play around. So I trail ride here and there, but I don't have a ton of time to ride at the moment. Okay. I think I'm, I'm with you. I, my dream is just to trail ride every once in a while <laughs> and that fills my bucket. Okay, let's shift over to Dr. Jennifer Selvig. Would you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, so I'm part of a multi-doctor practice in sort of southern Minnesota. Uh, there's five equine vets and currently just one small animal vet full-time in that practice. And I've been there since I graduated. I just bought into the practice this last year, so now I'm an owner. Congrats. Yeah. So that's, everybody keeps saying that. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a congrats or condolences or what it should be, but I think it's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm stuck now. <laughs> My husband and I have been uh, married. Let's see. It'll be eight years this summer and we have a farm that we've had a little over nine years. So we run a actually a boarding facility. And that is mainly because then I can have all of my animals. That works out for us. Um, he is not a horse guy, but he is a physician. Uh, so he does understand the doctor piece of it. Again, the whole not understanding that you don't clock in, clock out. He understands being on call, blah, blah, blah. Good. Also two kids, a six and a half year old boy who just finished kindergarten and a three and a half year old girl who is three and a half going on 13. <laughs> so we have those two. I ride. I have my own horses. I probably have way too much on the plate right now between trying to figure out how to be a practice owner and still being a farm owner and trying to do the things in my life that keep me sane. When we talk about balance, I don't think anyone would probably look at my life and go, oh, yeah, that's balanced. <laughs> I think they would just look and say, wow, <laughs> when does she sleep? Which is a good question. There was one funny thing you wrote that I had to <laughs> just write down here. That your house looks like a kindergarten frat party. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's probably the thing that doesn't happen most weeks is like, <laughs> when my kids are out of daycare, my present to myself is going to be a maid. So, but yes, that's probably the, the top thing that gets ignored with the rest of it happening. It sounds like your priorities are in the right place. I'm with you completely. <laughs> uh, next, let's go to Dr. Valerie Kappas. Would you tell us about yourself? Hi. I primarily do equine. I'm at a mixed animal practice in Janesville, Wisconsin. I've been here since I graduated. So I just uh, hit seven years at this practice. I used to do more of the mixed thing. And as I've, my interests have shifted and our needs have shifted within the clinic, I've shifted more to equine, which is crazy and chaotic, but I love and has only gotten more challenging since my boys came. So I've been married eight years last month and uh, my husband is wonderful and he is not a horse person which perhaps makes it, I don't know, even he gets a little more saint credit for putting up with me. He works a very normal job for a large insurance company doing smart, smart things with math. He jokes that one of us has to have regular hours to be able to maintain the household. And that truly does kind of help, I think. We have two little boys. Henry is just now two and a half and Charlie is nine months. I've been back from maternity leave a couple months and uh, trying to find that elusive thing called balance. I think it's something we aim for. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And that leaves Dr. Melissa Johnson. Hi, I am in a equine only practice. I actually practice in the same area as Jennifer. So in southern Minnesota, 
when I joined my practice back in 2007, I was the first employee. It was me and the doctor who owned the practice. And now we have uh, just added our fifth doctor, as well as uh, several support staff, and we have an intern as well. So we've really grown a lot. We're kind of at the point where we're looking into getting some sort of haul-in facility, and I am on the cusp of also potentially buying in or being a partner in the practice. So a lot of growth and change in the professional realm of my life. On the personal side, I have one daughter who was born in 2015, so she just turned eight. I actually got divorced from her father in 2019, and so I've faced the challenges of having a child in a marriage, but a conflicted marriage, and now face the challenges of being a divorced mom with split custody of a child, which, yeah, has its own unique set of circumstances. I'm sure it does. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Okay. Well, you ladies all sound amazing, and I'm glad we're chatting tonight. Just to tell you about me, I work at Littleton Equine, been here since 2006, and and am a, a shareholder. And I have two girls that are 14 and 11, and this is the dance recital weekend, so it's been a busy weekend. <laughs> but I'm passionate about being an equine veterinarian, so... I was an extern at Littleton when you were pregnant. <laughs> I distinctly remember you being pregnant and uh, we may have ultrasounded. Oh, did I ultrasound myself? Your belly at one point. Yeah. Okay. Was it the 11-year-old or the 14-year-old? Uh, I graduated in 2013 and I externed there in 2009. Okay. So that's the first one. It's hard when you hold an ultrasound probe <laughs> a lot to not just put it on your belly. <laughs> yeah, right? Thanks. That's a good memory. I was doing that at one point, and uh, a gentleman that I had just finished ultrasounding his mares, kind of a cowboy, walked in on me. Yep, walked ultrasound. in the room. Yeah, I was there. I was the student in the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh that's a great memory. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> The look on everyone's face was priceless. <laughs> they threw me a baby shower after that, like when I was further along. <laughs> nice people. I had a client walk in on me pumping. So that also oh. was, yeah. Yeah. My, my boss did that a couple of yeah. times. So. <laughs> That's always a good one. I think yes. perhaps we lose all modesty. Yes, yeah. I definitely did once I started breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whatever. Yeah, uh, I totally understand. <laughs> there have been times when both my tech and I were pumping in the truck, like at the same time, because we've had quite a few techs have children and go through that. And we've got one now who's doing it. And it couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to talk about schedule from each of you. I, I would love to hear if you have a traditional schedule. What is your on call like? Or have you created an alternative schedule for yourself? Let's start with Jennifer. After I had my first baby, I dropped to about 32 scheduled hours per week. Um, that's on average. So some weeks it's a little less, some weeks it's a little more, depending on whether I'm working the Saturday or whatever. Mm -hmm. One of our other doctors had done sort of something similar after her first baby. You know, th there's a lot of talk about like people going to a four-day work week or, you know, working four tens or, you know, whatever. I didn't really want to schedule like that because I'm, I'm, I'm a rider. And when I ride, those horses need to get worked, you know, multiple times a week. And so for me to have four really long days didn't really make a lot of sense. I would have rather had like 
more shorter days. And I also knew that I wasn't going to have time to ride after work anymore because that's when I used to ride. It was like I'd come home and ride my horses. Well, with kids, that ain't happening. So I kind of created this schedule. It, it worked in conjunction with the other doctor's schedule where I had some shorter days, some regular days, some half days, that kind of thing. So it, it's all kind of worked out. Luckily, you know, I wasn't an, an owner at the time, but the practice owners were pretty open to that. I had kind of said like, look, I'm going to need the flexibility. I don't want to give this part of my life up. I don't want to be the mom that can't go to any of the school things when my kids have school things. So that's going to have to be the priority. So I think it's still a, a relatively traditional schedule, but I'd rather work more short days than really long days. And then we're on call. So like with the number of doctors we have, I'm on call every Tuesday and then it's one out of four weekends. And we're pretty good. Like we'll trade our weekends around if people need specific times off. Sure. It's doable. I My, my vision for the practice is to get that down to one in five. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, just think growth and, and that'll happen. Exactly. That's great. I heard you say the word priority in there. And I feel like the moment I had my first baby, it was just all about priorities. And that word will probably come up a little bit more. Bonnie, I'd love to hear from you since you are solo, right? Yeah. Well, I think that one of the reasons my practice model works is that I'm in a very equine dense and horse hospital dense area. And so I'm, I have a lot of patients for whom I am not the primary vet. So I'm not on call for them, which helps. But I technically am on call 24-7. Um, there are a great group of other veterinarians in the area that are willing to cover call for me if I really need to turn the phone off, really want to go away. I have those colleagues who are amazing. Thank you, Dr. Cordovano, Clay Creek Equine. She's amazing. And Dr. Hosier, her associate. They're wonderful. They'll cover call for me if, if I want to go out of town for the handful of barns that I do, I mean, I'm probably on call for 50 to 75 horses total. And they're all very well managed horses. So and my owners are very, I'm very good about giving me as much heads up as possible if something is going wrong. In terms of my scheduling, I, uh, that's probably my favorite part of being a solo practitioner is I do what I want when I want. I I'm busy enough that I did have to after my second kid was born I went to a four-day appointment week that was kind of around the time I started taking on more responsibility at the horse trials so I don't see patients on Thursdays I'm usually in the office on Thursdays or getting my hair cut or doing piano lessons with my son like it's it's my day to kind of catch up on life and it's really hard sometimes to not sneak something in there <laughs> I'm always glad that I that I don't, especially, you know, during the busier times of year. Yeah, it's nice. My husband travels a lot for work. So sometimes I don't start my day until 10 o'clock as my first appointment because I have to take my kids to school. But normally I start, you know, between 830 and 9 and I'm usually done between 430 and 5. So it's it's nice to have the flexibility that I need. And I don't know, it's my favorite part <laughs> probably of being a solo practitioner is just being able to set my own schedule. Yeah, I love how you're making that work. For me, I, I take Wednesdays off and it is my day for everything besides work. It's great uh, to have that time. Thank you, Bonnie. And let's go to Valerie. What does your schedule look like? It's uh, a little bit less at the moment. Um, after my first son, I came back three days a week. And honestly, I struggled when I was pregnant with him of uh, do I want to come back or not? Because I was feeling rather burnt out at that point and didn't know how I was going to feel once I had a kid. And I found on maternity leave that I really missed it and wanted to come back to I don't know, the crazy life of equine practice. So 
I started back at three days a week. Once he wasn't so little, we worked up to uh, four days, which was during part of our busy season. And then I got pregnant again. And after the second baby, it's amazing how different two children can be. So the equine vet had a very colicky second kid. And mm-hmm. of course, was, he's just been, uh, he's a happy baby most of the time, but he's been way more challenging. When I came back, I had envisioned four days. I'm still at three days a week scheduled uh, with a lot of wiggle room. With the needs of our practice, I had told my coworkers that I was just grateful they're supportive and I didn't care which three days I worked so long as that was my only set of scheduled days. So I worked kind of three tens plus my share of Saturday mornings. Since we're a mixed clinic on Saturday mornings, we see some small animal appointments that are scheduled for wellness type stuff. And then you're on call for the weekend. So our on-call structure is a little bit different. We partnered with a solo practitioner in the area. And between the three of us, the one solo practitioner, myself and another coworker here who does equine, we each split on-call equally. So that's been kind of nice. A third is a whole lot better than half of the time on call. It'd be even better if we could uh, find someone to hire and make it even less on call. But yeah, we do try and split that evenly. So that's been really helpful to be able to do a cooperative call share system and lighten the load for everybody. That's perfect. And uh, I'm glad you've kind of seen to your your kids needs and think outside the box and (laughs) how much you can work. There's always going to be work to do. That's for sure. Thank you, Valerie. And Melissa, tell us about your schedule. Yeah, I'd say I'm fairly traditional. I'm on call one day a week, uh, Tuesdays as well. And then we split the on-call between the doctors. So I'm either on-call or since we have an intern at least part of the year that I will be back up on-call for the intern at least one weekend a month. Theoretically, starting last year, I requested to work a four-day work week with Wednesdays being my off day. However, I am the primary breeding veterinarian in the practice. And so during breeding season, which somehow has extended from three months to four months to five months to six months or more, Mm -hmm. I take off when I can be off. And I just tell everybody, I don't have any breeding work tomorrow. I'm going to be off now because I've worked for seven days straight or whatever. So, So breeding season puts another complication in my structure. But I actually generally really like doing it. So I think in one of the some other different uh, AAP posts or one of those groups, I had posted about it being an abusive relationship. (laughs) My my relationship with breeding work. It's like, I love it. But I wish you'd go away. But yes, treats me very poorly. (laughs) We have a theriogenologist at our practice now, and I haven't had to palpate a mare for like five years. And that is great. <laughs> I am so happy about that. <laughs> I think I've checked two mares in that time. Like, ugh. Yes. But the nice thing about being in a practice long term or that I've been at this practice for so long and maybe Jennifer, you have the same thing is my boss is like, whatever you need, you get. And so... If I'm like, hey, I'm taking Friday off. He's like, great. So it's just, it's it's nice to be in that place. That's great. I did want to bring that up. It seems like having the support of your coworkers or your employer is just critical to make this all work. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Let's switch here. And what do you guys all do for childcare? I know our schedules, we can sometimes work long days, but let's start with Jennifer. What does your childcare look like? We've got a daycare center. It's a chain. It's a, a local chain that was recommended by a friend 
it's about seven minutes from my office, which is pretty good. And they cost an arm and a leg a month, black market kidney, whatever you want (laughs) to call it. But their hours are great. We can drop off as early as 6.30 and pick up as early as late as 6. So that's been critical, especially with my husband's job. So he's obviously, like I said, he's a physician. So even if he has set hours, the longer I can let him stay on certain days to get his notes finished and everything is more time he doesn't need to be working when we get home. He does most of the morning drop-offs and I do the pickups on most days when I'm not on call. And he takes care of pickups when I am on call. So that's that's huge. My parents are actually close by as well. They're only about 10 minutes from our farm and they've been invaluable. So from the beginning, my mom has taken on um, most Wednesdays with my kids, which is great because it saves some money and they love the break midweek to go. They have grandma day and that's just like the highlight of their week (laughs) unless they're out of town. What's nice about the center is then we can just let them know ahead of time and they can take them. So it, it all works out. I see the struggle with some of the support staff in our clinic with childcare, though, because they don't, frankly, make the money to be able to pay for the center like we have. I mean, we're really lucky that we're able to afford it and we make, you know, enough money <laughs> with two doctors. But even then, it's it's a mortgage payment with two kids. I mean, like I said, I I feel very lucky that we have the place that we do, but I know that sort of thing isn't available to everyone. Yeah, this is when you start counting the days until they're both in school. Right. My son did do kindergarten, so that was a a, a huge help during the year. Now where he's on summer break, so he's back in the daycare school-age program. They have like a school-age camp program that he can do. So he's back there for most of the summer. Okay. And then, Bonnie, what do you do? Well, my older son is also just finished kindergarten, although our school district kindergarten is only half day. <laughs> My younger son is at a little quicker preschool. Um, he's in the, they have a three and a four-year-old class, and then they also have a kindergarten, and those are all half day. So they're both in school in the morning. And then I have a nanny that picks them up at lunchtime and keeps them until I get home from work, which is amazing. And she's been with me since my first son was born. Her husband is a horse person. He works on a horse farm, so he gets it. And she gets the lifestyle a little bit. The horses don't always read the rules. And she's amazing. She's super flexible. She'll take them home with her. They, she has a, a little boy who's very close in age to my oldest. So they like to play together. And she's like my family. I couldn't. I don't have an extended family really close by. I have great neighbors. All of my neighbors at some point have <laughs> I'm pinched in and, and sat with my kids. I've definitely like my husband's been out of town and I get a call for a bad colic late at night and I'm like, okay, great. Can you send the working student over to like watch TV on my couch while I go look at the colic because I can go see that colic, but I can't leave my house unless there's an adult on the premises. My clients are very flexible and and help make it work. And like I said, I have great neighbors and and a great support system. I mean, my husband is is great about co-parenting when he's there, but he does travel a lot. So we've gotten very flexible and creative. Sounds like you have a good team in place. Valerie, what do you do for childcare? Yeah, we opted to go with an in-home daycare. It's a family that a friend of a friend connected us and uh, they've just been wonderful. Her kids are older and all in school at this point. So she watches my boys and two other little kids and who are pretty similar in age. And she's been just she's very helpful. And we did try a different one to begin with and had and realized that's not the right fit for us. 
like, you know, so we had to switch around until we found somebody that connected and we felt comfortable with. And now if like her kids are on spring break, she's off then um, to spend time with them. And by the end of spring break, my toddler was like going stir crazy going, (laughs) mama, go to daycare (laughs) because apparently mama's boring. So that's been helpful. And she's flexible on scheduling, you know, different days. So even though I was, I'm only technically scheduled three days a week during our busy season, we had some wiggle room and I would send him on a fourth day. So it was a little easier for me to get either get caught up on paperwork while the baby napped, or I had plenty of times where I packed up the baby because they're easier to haul around when they're still in their carrier and could go check some mares and things like that when I needed to. So we've had that flexibility. I usually do drop off and my husband does pick up because my day's kind of run long. And so that's helpful that he's consistently out on time (laughs) because I'm definitely not. And then I'd say like our family's kind of far away. My family's about an hour and a half. His parents are about six or seven hours, but as much as they like, they're very giving of their time and have come up to help quite a bit. I suppose it would be nicer if we had that support structure a little bit closer. We do lean on friends from church quite a bit who have a lot of teenage daughters um, between a couple different families. And I've got a phone tree of girls that I'll hit up for babysitting if things are funny or whatever. And so we, I don't know, make use of the people we got. And I should say, I have toted my boys to a number of farm calls and my clients have been very, very gracious and great. And one lady scolded me and said, if she'd known that she could request the baby come with her appointments, (laughs) then she would always book me that way. You can probably make it happen. (laughs) If she says the same thing when they're three. (laughs) Well. She turned him loose with her goats, so I'm not sure who had more fun, Henry or the goats, but he had came home filthy and had a blast and thought that mom has the best job ever. <laughs> so some days are fun. That's great. And then Melissa, what do you do for childcare? Well, mine has evolved over time. My daughter started in a daycare center when she was an infant, because that's basically the only place I could find a spot. And then I moved her to an in-home daycare after touring. It felt like hundreds of them to find one that I felt comfortable with. Unfortunately, during 2020, COVID, that daycare shut down and never reopened. And of course, there were not other places taking a lot of kids at the time. So I suddenly had her with me pretty much all the time if her dad couldn't have her. So much of summer of 2020... I had a little mini me intern in my truck. And honestly, the vast majority of the clients loved it. I mean, they thought it was amazing. And there were kittens to play with and goats to play with, as Valerie (laughs) mentioned. And so my daughter loved it. And it went better than I ever could have imagined, honestly. There were a few minor incidents of... There was a period where I was doing a postpartum lavage on a mare and so I was obviously very tied up and physically and and my daughter was playing with a dead bird that whole time. <laughs> and and there was another incident where she really had to pee and I was again like pre very preoccupied and I was like instructing her how to squat and pee you know, while I'm working on the horse with the client standing there, you do what you got to do. I think that's a good life skill. You just, it's real life, man. Yes. It's real life. It is. I don't have my kids with me a lot, but like sometimes there's those times my husband works in weekends and if I'm on call and we haven't 
you know, sometimes we'll have a gap where it's like, I don't have childcare for this four hours and that's when the colic is going to call yeah. or that's when I have to go for the laceration. And to me, it's like, that's real life. If people want emergency coverage, they're going to have to be okay with this sort of thing because this is the population of vets they're, they, they have. have now. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly how best. it is. Yes. And then, of course, when she, she started kindergarten also in 2020. So then I had to manage online school and work. Oh and so the hours were very strange. Um, now she's just in school and she goes to a before and after school program at the school. And so it's about the most stable it's been <laughs> yeah. in quite some time. And that's been great. I have to say, this is just what's on my mind right now. As you have little kids growing up, watching their moms work hard and trying to be a mom at the same time. It's just the best role model <laughs> for kids to see. Truly. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think so. <laughs> Let's shift to the next question. And I'm going to stick with you, Melissa. If you have a child emergency, you know, you get a call from school that your child is sick. What do you do? The same way that if you have a scheduled day and a horse emergency comes up and you sort of have to drop things and tell your clients, look, there's an emergency with this horse. I have to go. It's the same with the kid. If my kid is sick or there's some sort of an emergency, it it has to take priority. And I think my boss understands that. He has kids. My colleagues, even if they don't have kids, they understand. We do the same thing, honestly, for their pets. Mm -hmm. One of our veterinarians had a beloved dog who had been with her a long time who kind of had a very emergency kind of old dog thing. And it's like, Yes, do it. Like you have to take care of the important pieces of your private life. So, yeah, I think it's a matter of you call your clients and I'm honest about it. I say, this has happened. I have to take care of it. I'm going to need to reschedule you or I'm going to need to adjust the time. I guess one thing I really feel about equine clientele, or at least the equine clientele that I have fostered for myself maybe is they totally get it and they love me and they want me to take care of my daughter and I cannot think of a time that I've had someone be angry with me that I've had to change something because of a kid emergency they get it most of them have kids too yeah you got to do it though you got to take care of your kid good absolutely Valerie what do you do there's a silver lining to COVID in that uh, collectively we have realized it's okay to be sick and take a time off for yourself or your family if you are sick. It's at least a little bit more accepted rather than just try and muscle through it. If our kids are sick, obviously we don't send them to daycare. And my husband is thankfully able to work from home some. So sometimes we do sort of a hybrid of, hey, I can push my appointments from this afternoon around. If you can, if you've got them for the morning, then I'll come home and hang out with them for the afternoon. When it's been kind of a minor thing, like not well enough to go back to daycare, but otherwise, okay, runny nose, kind of we're on the mend. I've taken them with on a few simple calls, brought them in the truck with me. Yeah, emergencies happen. And like Melissa was saying, clients, for the most part, understand. And honestly, the ones who don't kind of got weeded out between either my colleague or my coworkers or my maternity leaves, that if they were mad enough that we took maternity leaves, they probably didn't stick with us once the kids are here either. Because it's just, this is the practice that we have now. We're family friendly and we've got all female vets at the moment and we have families and we have lives outside of work. And 
So our clients just kind of have to get used to that. And the idea of if there's, you know, you'd want me there if your horse was having an emergency. So when someone else is having an emergency, they're understanding about bumping. So thankfully, nobody's given me too hard of a time about my kids. Well, good. <laughs> and Jennifer, what is, do you have a support network if, if a child emergency comes up? It's pretty much me and my husband. We've kind of have a, an unofficial policy of not tapping my parents for sick kid issues that kind of came about during COVID when we were sort of trying to protect them because we had to keep sending the kids to daycare during COVID. We luckily had a spot and neither of us, I mean, my husband is a physician. He's an internist. He, he was seeing COVID patients. We could definitely not risk sending, you know, that to my, to my parents. So even now, I think my husband and I generally, if something comes up, we kind of, it's whichever one of us is going to have sort of the least painful exit <laughs> from work that day. I do that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, if I have a big barn that has been scheduled for months and like, I'm going to be doing a hundred horses, he's going to come. He works for the, the VA. He has PTO and all that stuff. I don't have that. So if it's going to be like a really big deal to reschedule everybody, he usually will will go. If it's going to be a day where I can usually easily push stuff around or reschedule for the next day or whatever, then then I'll take it. So sometimes it's seasonal, like he'll take more of the spring crap and I'll do more of the winter crap. <laughs> it always works out somehow. And, and same thing as what Melissa said. Like, frankly, if somebody's going to get upset because I have to leave for a sick kid, I mean, shoot, I had strep throat myself for two days in April. It was I don't think I've been that sick in a really long time. <laughs> and, and, and like, if someone's going to get upset because someone's sick or a kid is sick, like, I don't really need you as a client. So everything is put in perspective. Bonnie, what do you do? Pretty similar to what everyone else. My kids' school days are so short that usually it's not a problem for me to just call my nanny and say, hey, one of the kids is sick. Is it okay for, can you go get them early? Or, and if they can't, then my neighbor can sometimes pick them up if I'm an hour away. Half the time, school will be out before I get back into the area. Obviously, if I'm close by and it's easy for me to just finish up a call and go get them, I will. Thankfully, I haven't had too many issues like that come up. Uh, my older son was hospitalized last year for three days and I just canceled everything. I just sent everyone a text and I said, look, my kid's in the hospital. I got to deal with this. I'll call you when I'm ready to reschedule. And I didn't have any pushback from anyone. So I think everyone else said it the correct way. I'm busy enough. If it's going to really get you in, in a twist that I have to leave to go see my child, then maybe you don't need to be my client. So <laughs> I think that makes total sense. So I would like to hear from each of you for women veterinarians who may be thinking about starting a family, any words of wisdom from your experience as moms and horse vets? So who wants to start with pearls of wisdom? I mean, I can start. I wrote some down because I had strong feelings about this. Yes. So Melissa, you're up. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I wrote. We could all probably do a diatribe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure many a uh, vet student who has ridden with me in the truck could recite many of these. Good. Yes. I, I, I try to pass on my wisdom to the yeah. next generation. So yeah, the first thing I wrote down was to be honest direct and unapologetic when it comes to your schedule needs or your family needs. And that's whether that's with your boss or your colleagues or your clients, you know, whoever it is. I think we as women are trained to apologize too much and we have nothing to be sorry about. We're working our 
butts off and we are doing an amazing job at two impossible jobs. I try very hard to not apologize when I need to change things around or had different needs in my schedule because that's just what it is. And, you know, like, for instance, when I got divorced and now I lost some of my weekends with my child because she's with her dad. And so now the weekends when I have her with me, they are sacred to me. It became, no, I can't be on call that weekend. That's my weekend with my daughter. And that's just how it is. And I had to make that clear to people. So that is an important one to me. Just be honest, be direct and don't apologize. (laughs) And then secondly, I said, you know, train your clients to respect your boundaries and do not reward their bad behaviors. I think we do that too much, too. You know, if they text us late at night, we're like, oh, okay, I'll just text you back. No, if they're texting you at 10 o'clock, put your phone in a drawer or something and don't give them the benefit of your wisdom (laughs) if they don't deserve it at that time. I've really and tried to put a hard stop. Like I said, I'm responding to people after hours. I'm not perfect. I could always be better. I have also gotten a lot better at saying no to ridiculous requests. My horse has been lame for the whole week, and now I need you to see it on Friday at three. And it's like, well, it's made it till Friday, so pretty sure it'll make it till Monday. Or you can call the emergency line, and those folks are available all the time. And then my final point was just to build a really good team, uh, and whether that's your colleagues that you work with or other practices that you share with. Or, you know, like my neighbors on my street are also a part of my team. They know my daughter. And as others have said, like I have at times said, I have to go see this horse or I'm running late. Can my daughter come over to your house for a little bit? And those friendships and that team of support people is also invaluable. So those were my big three things. (laughs) I love it. All of those things. All right, Valerie, would you like to give us some pearls of wisdom? Yeah, I am still very much seeking wisdom myself because my kids are so little and I feel like we're still adjusting. We're figuring out how to be a family of four. I would say Melissa has great tips already of boundaries. I've had to get very, very firm on boundaries. Your priorities shift when you have a baby and mom hormones are a powerful thing where you're just instantly a new person and you're in love with this tiny person that you made. and suddenly getting that mare cleaned up just right for the ideal cycle to hopefully take this time like is just not as important. It's not that you don't care about your client and their successes, but you're not going to miss bedtime with your kids for things that are elective or trivial or could wait till tomorrow during normal business hours. And I'm still struggling at that and saying no. So my, I guess my advice is figure out your boundaries, figure out what you're willing to do and not willing to do and then set your boundaries uh, short of that line. What is your line in the sand and then set your boundaries even shorter than that because we do tend to be people pleasers and uh, we want to keep everybody happy and we want to take care of everyone. It's part of a lot of our personalities as vets. Taking care of your family first is an okay thing and repeating that to yourself is okay. And then also taking care of you. <laughs> we, I don't know. I often feel like I'm on the back burner between family needs and practice needs making time for yourself. It's okay. I had, in fact, my really good coworker who practiced equine for many years and until an injury, and now she does small animal only at our practice. 
said to me earlier in the spring, like, hey, remember, it's okay to send your kids to daycare and not come into work and just go have a you day. That's all right. And I won't tell anyone if you need that. (laughs) I didn't need her to do that. Like, you know, we don't have to keep it secret. But it was a good reminder and helpful to be reminded to take care of us, too, because you can't keep pouring into other people's cups when you're on when you're an empty pitcher yourself. Take care of you. With the youngest at the moment, I wanted to bring up postpartum depression is real. And it looks different for every woman and it can look different after every pregnancy. And so it was something that I didn't realize I was struggling with after my first. And I was a lot more kind of in tune to where I was at with my second. Haven't really had like that same degree of issue, but like you can be highly functional. You can go through all the motions and keep doing everything that's needed and still feel awful on the inside and not have your emotions line up with your circumstances. And you assume that it's just, well, the busy season. When spring is done, then I'll feel better. When I get past this season or when we get past all of this thing at work or when my kid gets to this age, like then it'll calm down and I'll be fine then. So if you are struggling, talk to your coworkers who've been there. If they've had kids too, talk to the people who care about you and get help too. And don't feel bad for getting help because you're super mom and you're super doctor and it's hard to be super at both all the time. And so it's okay to need help in that respect. And yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks all of a sudden one time that I think my first son was like nine months and when I got diagnosed and it was a matter of realizing that my circumstances were going well, life felt actually kind of balanced at that time. And yet my emotions didn't line up with how things felt. My lows were really low. My highs were just kind of eh, dull. And I had a lot of reasons to be joyful, but I just didn't feel that way. So talked with my doctor, got some things figured out and made a huge difference. So if you are a new mom or going to be a new mom, I would definitely put that on your radar. I think we're a little more susceptible because of our profession, and but we're also more prone to try and tough it out because a lot of us just have that personality of right out the season of life. We know that life is seasonal with horses and we assume that life is seasonal for us. And if we just ride out this season, it'll be okay. But sometimes it's not and that's okay. I'm really glad you brought that up. Thank you. Bonnie, would you like to give us any pearls? Oh man, I don't know if I have any pearls. So it's funny. I always wanted to be an equine vet. I never wanted to do small animal or anything else. And I did an equine internship. I got my dream job at a really busy sports medicine practice. And I got there and I was going to be one of those statistics where I was considering leaving equine practice altogether because it was so not what I... It wasn't that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was just so much more all-consuming of my life. And I never saw my husband. I never got to do anything outside of work. I just knew I was looking down this tunnel of like, in five years, I'm going to be so burnt out. I'm not going to want to do this anymore. I'm going to be resentful of the animals. And I've always loved this career. And I can't believe that this is the position I'm in. And I felt like such a failure, like that I wasn't good at doing, like I I couldn't hack it at this practice and I couldn't hack it in the industry that that I was working in. I mean, I literally, I, I was making myself physically ill going into work every day. And it took me probably a couple of years after I left that because I left that job and I didn't do anything for about a month. And I was looking for other positions and I had built up some chiropractic clients while I had been at that job and I didn't have a non-compete, thankfully. So I just, they, they were calling me and I kept seeing them and it turned into kind of a full-time gig. And 
10 years later, here I am. <laughs> and I actually called my practice. My practice is called Balanced Care Equine because I, I wanted to provide that alternative medicine, complementary medicine, but it was also symbolic of the balance I wanted in my life because I wanted to be able to enjoy things outside of work. And this was, I think, before we were really having these types of conversations. I looked at the space that I was in and said, this is not something that I can do, but can I still be an equine vet and can I still love it? And and I think that when more and more we're creating those spaces because we couldn't find them as moms and as whole human beings <laughs> outside of just being a veterinarian. So I guess my advice to anyone who is an equine vet and wants to have a family or doesn't want to have a family, just wants to like ride their own horses or go rock climbing or do whatever it is that fills their cup and not be on call all the time. Like if that's what you're looking down the barrel at and you feel like there's no way out, like don't take it as a sign that <laughs> the industry is not right for you. It's just that that job is not right for you and, and you're not quitting and you're not failing if you leave that job. There are plenty of practices out there that are so supportive of people that want to be whole individuals. And I think that that we're changing the tide, but it's uh, slow and steady. I really appreciate you telling your story and how you made a change. It's all something we, we can do. It's within our, our powers to make a change. Yes. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really scary. Like I, it's so funny. I got, I got married in vet school and my husband was like, oh, maybe one day you could own a practice. And I just remember being in vet school, like, no, I will never own a practice. I want to clock in and clock out. I don't want to have to worry about anything else. And then, you know, like two years out of school, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll start my own practice. It's scary and it's hard to make a change sometimes. And it doesn't mean you have to start your own practice. There are plenty of associate positions that offer amazing support for moms and families and whole individuals. I hope that, that that encourages someone that's feeling like they want to give up on the industry because it's it's a great industry. We get we have the best job. It we get is to play with horses job. all day. <laughs> I still feel that way 10 years out. I think it's because I was able to change my mindset and my circumstances early on in my career. Good for you. I'm really proud of you. Um, Jennifer, do you have anything to add as far as uh, wisdom? Let's see. So... I've heard it said numerous ways, and this is something I'm still working on myself, but I would encourage everybody to focus and be good at what, what's in front of you. You know, so there might be a lot of different parts of your life. There might be your own horses. There might be your kids. There might be your your spouse, your partner. There might be your job. But whatever is in front of you, do that thing in that moment. You know, be be that person in that moment. Whether it's a really good vet or a really good mom, you can be both of those things. You can't necessarily always be the perfect both of those things together <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Right. Like you, it's sometimes you have to make that switch quickly. Just always remember to, you're able to do those things. You're capable. Everybody has that capability of being the best doctor and being the best parent and the best partner that they can be. And, I, and I'm very guilty of, of not doing that sometimes. So I'm, I'm still working on like putting down the phone and not dealing with the work thing for a minute or putting down, you know, whatever. That would be number one. Number two for me would be if you have the ability to plan a family with your partner or spouse or, or whoever, make a pact with that person. Like this is what I did with my husband and, and he is fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. I just said, look, you know, we're going to have kids. I want to have kids. I want to have your kids. I will not be giving up my horses. <laughs> I will not be giving up riding. I won't be giving up practicing. Like 
I will be keeping all these things in my life. So how are we going to make that work together? You know, I think because I sort of set that stage of like, I need all these pieces in my life to feel like myself and feel whole. I haven't had too much pushback like a lot of of my friends and colleagues have, especially on the horseback riding piece. (laughs) I know a lot of my friends have major issues with their partners over horse stuff, not just work. And then I think the last thing would be like, nobody is going to make the time for you except for you. So kind of goes back to what Melissa says, like, if you need something, you have to make that time, whether it's working it out with your colleagues and your boss or your spouse, or just plain having the grit to get up early and do the thing you want to do, whether that's go for a run or a ride or taking that time over lunch to run an errand so that you don't have to do it later, whatever that is, I sort of thrive on being busy all the time. Like I love to keep going. So when I don't know what to do with myself, when I don't have (laughs) something going on, I know that's not everybody's MO, but it is for me. And so I'm fine. I wouldn't have it any other way. I would rather be busy and do everything that makes me feel good about being me in my life than have, you know, a lot of downtime. So don't be afraid. And I'm also willing to live in a mess. Like I said, on the Facebook post, <laughs> like I can handle being in a kindergarten frat party for a week at a time. And like every once in a while, I'll have a quiet Sunday and like go nuts cleaning the house and then it'll be good for a week. And then we'll, you know, we'll be back. So I think the the thing is like, you have to decide what your priorities are. And I, I hate, I just hate seeing all the posts on some of my other Facebook groups about has anyone made the transition from equine to small animal? I just can't handle it anymore. And every single post like that, I just want to scream. Like, you don't have to leave. You can still make this work. Yeah. Just modify it. Modify it to what you need. We need you. Don't leave because someone told you that it's not possible or that you feel it's not possible in your current position. That's so frustrating to me as a profession right now. And I know we're. this is why we're here, right? We're trying to change this narrative. But it, it is, it, I still see so many of those, those sort of pleas, those cries for help. And I just want to be like, please don't go. <laughs> like, we need you to stick around. Like, what do you need from us? Like, we'll help. And so I think that's just my last point is like, if you feel like you're at a point where you're getting burnt out and you can't do it anymore, talk to one of us. Like, I'm sure any one of us would be willing to like, give you some strategies to help to to make this more doable. Cause like, I can't, I don't want to see vomiting cats, man. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> we have the best, best professional. I bring my own cat and my own dogs to small animals. That's, I don't want to do it. That's great that some people can make that transition, but it, that is not me. So I, if I wasn't doing this, I'd, it'd be something else. So you'd find me treating giraffes in Africa or something, but not, not cats. <laughs> Thank you. Can I add? to that real quick because I think it's important to say that each of us obviously we figured out how to make it work for our families and our lives to still be able to practice and have our kids but if you are a mom who uh, isn't in that place and you want to take time off to raise your little kids they're only little once I certainly wouldn't fault you for it but I would also welcome you back into equine practice because the horses are always going to be there and I think the narrative is changing and the dynamics of equine practice are changing to where If a colleague had practiced for the last 10 years in small animal and wanted to get back into equine, I would be so happy to help them brush up and mentor whatever was needed and be a phone resource in the middle of the night if they had a 
emergency and like walk them through it and like be there for you if you do want to come back to equine because equine will gladly have you. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to take time off if that's what you need. You're welcome to come back too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying that. That's so true. When I think Jennifer said, if anybody needs to chat and bounce ideas off of off of us as far as how to make this profession work, contact any one of us. We're all nodding, saying yes, please, please let us help. Absolutely. Oh, I love this conversation. So my the title of this is is balance possible for equine veterinarians who are mothers. What do you guys think? Is balance possible, or is it something we're just always reaching for, aiming for? Yes, it just depends on how you define balance. And I think balance looks Mm -hmm. different for every single one of us. And we make it work. (laughs) I think that's so important, too. Like, sometimes I think, especially newer grads coming out, it's like, oh, if if I don't clock out at five o'clock every day, and I'm having to stay late to do records, and, you know, like, then I'm not living a balanced life. It looks so different for each each individual and each practice. And it it has to be what's the right balance for you. Like, I'm okay texting with clients at 9pm. If it means from 5 to 7pm, I'm hanging out with my kids before they go to bed like that. I totally have no problem texting people at night, because that's kind of the only time my brain is quiet enough to focus on the conversation I need to have with them. And I have a lot of clients that like to text me at night. So that doesn't bother me. But it gives me the flexibility. Like so so in my life, that's balanced. Other people hate texting clients at night and that's totally fine. Like they they shouldn't have to. If they want to put the phone down, put the phone down. So I think don't be married to this idea that balance looks like one thing. And if you you don't have that one thing, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. I mean, for me, balance is obviously very busy and I love it that way. And yeah, that's that's what I say. I'm I'm out here thriving in the chaos of my own creation. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't mind it. And so I it, but and and to me like I said, most people look at my life and be like, how is that balance? You know, it's like adding so many things, but I would define it as balance. You know, it's it's I feel like I'm not missing anything. <laughs> I hear somebody's needed there. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of balance. <laughs> It's close to bedtime. That's funny. Okay, it's time to go put put kids to bed. It's been (laughs) really a pleasure chatting with each of you today. And Jennifer, you said grit at some point. You said the word grit, and I think you all have it. Oh, that's that's a good good quality. So what I've heard from this this chat is we aim for balance. We hopefully are surrounded by a great team and support network with employers that uh, support us as a veterinarian and as a parent, allow us to give what we need as a parent or, or do what we need. Or you're your own boss, Bonnie, nice job. <laughs> so we have learned to prioritize to make this all work. And there's so many possibilities. So it's good for us to think outside the box and uh, aim for uh, what is working for our families and for us in our jobs. So thank you all for your time today. I want to one more time thank Beringer Ingelheim for their support in making this possible. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. For more resources to help you in daily practice, please visit the AAP's website at aaep.org. Beringer Ingelheim knows that every veterinary professional in practice has a wide variety of needs. That's why our Equine Veterinary Technical Solutions team, our VETS team, is here to provide education, product, and veterinary expertise 
exceptional customer care, and regulatory stewardships. Our mission is to lead our veterinary community in technical knowledge and build a long-lasting relationship with our customers. To get in contact with one of our team members, please call us at 888-637-4251.